for some people, the conversations they have always seem to be about what's going wrong. Again, we might know some of those people. You also might recognize it in yourself. What is going wrong? However we start the conversation, whatever we're talking about, it is something about this is going wrong in my life. This is what is depressing me. This is what is causing me stress. This is what I don't like. And there are those people who just have this natural tendency to go to that place of it's all going pear-shaped in my life. And that's fine. And we'll perhaps kind of come back to some of those things a little bit later. But it's Easter morning. And I think we're in church. It's Easter morning. And one of my favourite subjects to talk about is Jesus. I perhaps don't talk about Jesus enough. If I was to do a kind of percentage of kind of how much I talk about food and how much I talk about Jesus, if I'm really honest... Sadly, I'd have to say I probably talk about food more than I talk about Jesus. But this morning I want us to talk about Jesus. And I hope that's okay. I want to introduce you to my friend Jesus. Because he is my friend. And for many of you here this morning, you may be used to coming to church. Jesus is also your friend. Uh, and, and this is some things like, yep, that's fine. Tick that. That's no problem. I can switch off. But I don't want you to switch off because I think however much Jesus is our friend, however much we know about Jesus, he is always somebody who is there is more to know about, more to hear about. And just like we could talk about food or coffee or anything else, we can still get excited about this familiar subject of Jesus. But if you are someone who is new to church or just curious, maybe you are here for the first time this morning, maybe been for a few, a few times and you just still have that curiosity. I hope this morning that as we talk about Jesus, as I introduce you to my friend Jesus, that you get to know him a bit more and he meets you in that curiosity. And there's something this morning that makes you say, yes, I want to also be a friend of Jesus. And we're going to jump through a few verses in the Bible this morning. Uh, But there are just four particular things on this Easter Sunday morning that I want just to very simply talk to you about. Firstly, I want to see that Jesus is revealed to us. Jesus lived with us. Jesus died for us. And Jesus brings life to us. Four very simple things this morning. So as we look at this this morning, Jesus is revealed to us. There was a man about 2,000 years ago and uh, he lived alongside Jesus. He was one of Jesus' friends, one of Jesus' best friends and he wrote a book about Jesus. This man's name was John and his intent and his purpose was to reveal to us Jesus, to introduce us to who Jesus is. And right right at the beginning of the book that he writes about Jesus, he says this, John chapter 1 from verse 1, it says this, the word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. 
So John starts out with his introduction to Jesus and says, let me introduce you to Jesus. And he starts by giving his friend Jesus a different name. He doesn't introduce us as Jesus. It's kind of, I'd say a nickname, but I don't want that to sound disparaging. Because what, Jesus, what John is doing here is he introduces Jesus to us. He's saying, look, here is the word. Jesus is the word. Now we might just think that's, that's great, that's lovely. But there is, uh, if you were kind of a Greek or a Jew around the time that Jesus, that John wrote this, you would understand so much more about what John was trying to tell us. Because he comes in and he says, here is Jesus, he is the word. Not a word, the word. And in the context of what John was really talking about, he is trying to give the impression that it's not just a, a word, Jesus is the complete message. Jesus is every word. Here is the story. If you want to look at the story, if you want to look at the meaning of life, if you want to understand everything here that, that goes on, here is the word. Jesus, the complete message. Here is Jesus. Right there at the beginning, before the beginning it actually says, before the beginning even happened, there was the word. So immediately we have this picture of Jesus being out there, somewhere beyond our existence, beyond our time, beyond the understanding of kind of time and matter and space and all of that stuff, is that there was Jesus, the word, the complete message. It's a picture of Jesus being out there. But even as Jesus was out there, he looked on and he sees, God sees that actually life is still going on here on earth, the earth that God created, and the situation is not looking very good. How many of us at times look at our situation and would put our hand up to say, yup, it's not looking very good? We look sometimes and think, my goodness, what a mess my life is. We look sometimes and look around our world and say, my word, what a mess life around the world is. We might look at our political situation and think, oh my goodness, what a mess our politics is in. And God, even though he is distant, even though he's far beyond, even though he is before the beginning of time, he looked on. Jesus was there and he looked on and sees the situation and then wants to do something about it. So often it's a case of uh, that he looks on and sees that something needs to happen here. I don't know if you've ever been in a work situation or uh, maybe it's even in church. And you know there's something going on, a bad situation going on. And one of the ways management might deal with that, one of the ways that leadership might deal with that is to bring somebody from outside into the situation to give advice, to point out what's going wrong, to offer tips on what might need to change and to get involved with what is happening. You see Jesus, and again, it's, it's a, Jesus is a bigger picture than just an outside consultant because he wasn't just an outside consultant. He was the creator of everything and he brings life to everything. 
But Jesus looked on from outside. God the Father looked on from outside and he looked and said, there's a situation here that needs to be dealt with. I am not just somebody far off. I'm not just somebody who is distant and looking on. I am going to come and give my support. I'm going to come and deal with this situation that is going on. John introduces us to Jesus and and in essence he's saying here is someone who is going to come and give you the complete message, the word and give and explain what is going on in your lives, in your situations as you look around, as you see the mess. And it says just in in verse 4 there, he says, and when he's coming, when he comes, he will shine his light on things. He will shine his light on things. That's really what this picture that I had of this kind of consultant coming in, that's what a consultant does. He comes and he brings a different light on things because we, we don't see everything that's happening. It's in my relationships, in, in our, our relationships as leaders in the church, uh, in our relationships within family, in our work situations, we don't often, the, the, the phrase we often use is we don't see the wood for the trees. We see all the little details, all the nitpicky things that are going on, the things that irritate us, the things that other people are doing, and we don't always recognise the things that we are doing, and we need somebody else to come outside and come and speak into that situation. Jesus revealed to us the word revealed to us. Jesus, who is far off, is going to come and he's going to bring and shine a light on everyone. But then it's not just a case of a consultant coming down and kind of talking to us from a a distance or kind of being a a little bit abstract in what he's doing. Because the second thing that, uh, that John teaches us, that John shows us and reveals us about Jesus is that Jesus lived with us. And you see, this is so important to us. And whether you've been a believer, a follower of Jesus for many, many years, or this is something that you're still just working out, that the fact that Jesus lived here on earth is so important to our relationship with him. Still in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus lived with us, made his home among us. Some versions say he dwelt with us. And in the original language, and I've certainly heard this kind of taught, is the idea that uh, you know, Jesus made his, twent, made, his twent, made his tent among us, made his dwelling in a tent amongst us. And this idea of a tent is something that's kind of temporary. You know, he was here for a short time on earth, uh, and it's a kind of a temporary idea of just coming and living for a while uh, and then moving on. And, and for many of us who go camping, Uh, For our holidays, we know that a tent is a temporary uh, dwelling place. Not many of us would choose to live in a tent full time, not to make our dwelling place in a tent. But if you look into Revelation, which talks about then the eternal kingdom of God, it talks about the eternal place and our eternal dwelling with God. The same word that is used in that eternal dwelling place is the same word that is used here in John for the idea that Jesus dwelt amongst us, lived amongst us. 
You see, this is important because if, um, if you want to relate to somebody, how are you going to really relate to them? We've got a queen. I love the queen. I love what she stands for. Uh, and obviously, there is a, a, she is, represents us as a nation. Her, her son, uh, Prince Charles, and obviously grandsons, William and Harry, they represent us. They, uh, and they also try and engage with the people that they represent. They'll go and walk about uh, and they'll talk to people and they'll try and kind of uh, maintain this sense of we're just like you. But where do they go at the end of their day, at the end of the day? They go back to palaces and castles and mansions. They go behind high walls and turrets. They go to places where they are distant from the rest of us. But Jesus, the word, who was there at the beginning, comes to live with us, not in a distant place, not behind turrets, not behind towers, but in a tent right amongst us. He is there to be, for us to be able to relate to him, to see him, to walk alongside him. Jesus comes to us and doesn't make himself distant. He doesn't make himself far off. He doesn't say, I am the king of kings and therefore I will live in this exalted high place. He says, I am the king of kings. I'm going to reveal myself to you and I'm going to live here right amongst you because this is important to, it's important to him and it's important to us. And sometimes even as Christians, even as followers of God, we place our relationship with God as, as, as at a distance. That God is distant from me. God is out there. Even Jesus, who is my saviour and my friend, sometimes we place a distance. Perhaps it's because of we can't fully comprehend that Jesus would love us. Maybe it's because we're still dealing with some of our own mistakes that we have to work through. But we place a distance and we think Jesus is out there, somewhere out there, either in somebody else's house or behind high walls and distance. And in fact, he's right there in your situation right now, dwelling with you. You know, if you go camping, uh, we, uh, we go camping quite a lot on our holidays. And... Um, on busy campsites in an evening, if you're, sta- if you're sitting in your tent and you've got a tent right next to you, if you listen quietly enough, and actually don't have to listen that quietly at all, you hear everything that's said in the next tent. You know what Aunt Sally is going to be doing and where they're going tomorrow. You know who burnt the beans on the cooking stove. You know whose turn it is to go and do the washing up or to clear out the, the porta potty. You know those things because there is a, uh, there is a closeness and an intimacy in uh, living in a tent which is not there when you're living in a house. And that is the, this is the picture that Jesus wants us to have when he comes and lives with us. There is an intimacy, a closeness, a sharedness that comes from Jesus living in a tent right amongst us. Jesus lived with us. And as he lives with us, and, uh, and you know, we, we've just seen that video where Jesus was going, uh, amongst, uh, going around doing, doing things that Jesus did. Doing everything that Jesus did. He healed the sick. 
He made friends. He made enemies. He lived just as you and I live. So there were some things for Jesus that went well and things that didn't go well. And when I say they didn't go well, they are, it's kind of a, a scale of how we would think things should go well. You know, when, when we want things to go well, we want things to be easy. We want things to be nice and neat. We'd like to know we can go into work to, uh, on Tuesday uh, and that project that needs to be done is just going to fly off the spreadsheet or whatever and we can just tick the box right, that's that done. We would like things to be like that. Jesus lived his life knowing that things in that, in that context of things going well, they didn't always go well for Jesus. He made enemies. He had to struggle with his disciples not understanding him. He had to struggle with people mistaking him for for something else. He had to struggle with the fact that people were against him. He had to struggle with the fact that even at times there were those who wanted to throw him off a cliff face. He struggled with his family not really understanding what he was about. He had the joy of making friends. He had the joy of hanging out with his disciples. He had the joy of seeing people follow him. He had the highs and the lows just like we do. He lived right alongside us. He really lived it. We have this uh, verse in Hebrews uh, chapter 4 verse 14, verse 14. This high priest Jesus of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same things that we do yet was without sin. He faced everything that we do except he didn't mess it up. He faced every single situation. There is no situation you will face here on earth that Jesus hasn't had to deal with. Now I know the particulars are going to be different. Jesus wasn't there with his mobile phone having to work out what he's going to send on TikTok and is it right and is it wrong. Jesus didn't have to deal with those things. But he, the, 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 the generals of actually how relationships work of actually people because at the end of it it comes down to relationship you think about all the issues that you ever face it all comes down to relationship Jesus faced everything that you are going to face and yet he did it without messing up and to me this this is kind of this this is what's most important to me this morning that he did it without messing up Because there was, there's a, because there's, a, there's the situation that we were in, that Jesus had to reveal himself, that Jesus had to come and live with us. It's what led to him dying for us. It's what led to him uh, then rising and bringing us life. The situation that we were in, we, we were in a mess. And one of the things that was going on, there was a separation. And Jesus was revealed to us because there was a separation between man and God. And we didn't because God did seem to be far off. And Jesus came to live with us because there was a separation between man and God. And we didn't know what God really looked like. And Jesus came to reveal his Father to us. And so Jesus comes and and, and he's revealed and lives with us in order to deal with that separation, that far offness. 
but he could only do it by living in a certain way that allowed us to see what the 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 cost of uh, of not uh, of that separation was see the cost of the separation was that we were far off from God and actually our eternal destiny our everybody's destiny was going to be death and death and separation from God And so Jesus lived this life and he, he, he lived in this life and made it uh, understand what life needed to be like. And he, he met the, the requirements of Father God who had set this standard of, of, of not sinning, of, 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 of dealing with um, the separation that we had that had come uh, in the Garden of Eden so many years before. And the separation had to be dealt with. So God revealed himself to us. And then God, and then Jesus lived with us. And then Jesus died for us. And Jesus died for us because there was that separation. And the only way for that separation to be dealt with was for a sacrifice to be made. This was God's plan right from the beginning. He says in Acts uh, chapter 2, God knew what would happen and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. Humans did something that God had already planned and ordained. People did something. They thought they were in control. God was in control. The enemy thought he was doing something, thought he was thwarting the plans of God, God was in control. Jesus died for us. You see, we mess up. It says, uh, as I say, you know, that, that Jesus lived and faced all these weaknesses, uh, yet he didn't sin. Sin is, uh, you know, I, I don't belittle that word but really it's about us messing up. It's about disobedience. It's about turning away from God. It's about rebellion. It's about saying, I don't need you, God. I can do things myself. We, even as, even as followers of Jesus, we know we have to still deal with rebellion in our hearts at times. We have to deal with selfishness. We have to deal with pride. We have to deal, deal with the, the me first attitude that so often rises, out with, rises up within us. We have to deal with those. Jesus died on the cross as part of God's preordained plan so that those things that separate us from God, the sin, the rebellion, the pride, the selfishness, can be dealt with because Jesus stands in our place. Jesus stands in our place. Jesus is revealed to us. Jesus lived with us. Jesus died for us. And in each of those things, we see that Jesus is coming to stand in our place. He's not just a distant consultant coming in to oversee and offer ideas. He's the, the one who was before who comes and says, these guys need the situation sorted out. They can't do it themselves. I will come and show them how it is done. Not in a way that is judging, not in a way which condemns, in a way which says they can't do it I want them to do it I love them so much I want the 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 separation from God to be dealt with and and they can't do themselves they don't have their qualities they don't have what is needed to meet the requirements of a holy God Jesus comes and says here let me do it for you the consultant who comes in and deals with the problems himself 
See, we have our own weaknesses. We have things that we deal with in our lives, and uh, and we still mess up. Even as a uh, a follower of Jesus for many many years, I still mess up. I know without condemning them, Sue and James and Dave and the the leadership team, we mess up. We make mistakes. Sometimes that might just be in our hearts of having a bad attitude. Sometimes it's something that sadly is also quite deliberate because it's a premeditated thought of something. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. I've done it. And even as believers, even as followers of Jesus Christ, we have to deal with these things that cause separation with God. You might be here this morning and you know that this is something that actually is, is, there's a mess in your life right now. And you're wondering how to deal with it. You're wondering what is going on. How do I deal with this situation? How do I deal with the mess that's in my life? And I want to say this morning, Jesus knows exactly what you are going through. He's lived it. He's been there. And the only difference is that he hasn't messed it up. And he, as he lives with us, stands in our place to live a life that's not messed up before a holy God. Jesus had to die for us in order to deal with the consequences of of sin, of separation. The Bible talks about the wages, the payment for our sin, the payment for our rebellion is death. But, but the gift of God is eternal life. You see, Jesus didn't just die for us. He then rose. And as he rose, he brings life to us. He brings life to us. There's a verse in uh, 1 Peter. Uh, Let me just find it here. Uh, 1 Peter that talks uh, about this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. New birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, it's not just about Jesus living for us. It's not just about Jesus being revealed to us. It's not just about Jesus uh, dying for us. There is the Sunday morning of the fact that we now have been birthed into new life and into hope. You see, our situation was a mess. And you may have a situation which is a mess this morning, but I want to speak over you. I want to show you and, uh, and talk to you about Jesus, who brings hope into your situation. Who brings hope into your situation. And, and as I was saying this morning, about, uh, earlier today, about the fact that sometimes there are people who just want to see uh, what is going wrong in their lives. And there are those people who that just seems to be their natural thing. And, and, and we know those people, but... For, for whatever reason, my heart springs with hope because I believe in the Sunday morning resurrection power of Jesus Christ who brings living hope into my life. And whatever your situation is this morning, I would love for you to get hold of that living hope and see it and take hold of it and live with it. And it brings change to your life. You see, when something is birthed, when something is born, we know that, 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 uh, that change happens. Just take a look around you. None of the people around you look exactly the way they did when they were first born. 
change happens. Now I know we might think we looked more attractive as a baby than we do now. You might think the person next to you looked more attractive as a baby than they do now. But change happens. When something is birthed, change happens. And as we talk about the living hope of Jesus Christ, we see something that plants life within us that brings change to our lives. See your messy situation. It's not where you need to dwell. It's not where you need to live. Because God brings change when we live in, his, in the hope that he brings. When we are birthed into new life in him. And if you are a Christian this morning and if you are uh, someone who has just been struggling with something uh, this morning, I want to speak that living hope over you. That you take your eyes off the situation, you look up and you see the risen Jesus Christ seated high on the throne and know that because you know this, know that he is King of kings and Lord of lords and you can look to him because he gives you living hope that will not only change your situation but change you. And change your outlook, change your perspective, change your character, change what you're thinking because you are looking at him and you need to look at him. But maybe there's also those here this morning who you're thinking, do you know what I need? My situation is, is such that I need, I need some of that hope. Because I look at my situation and it just seems hopeless. And it may be something very real uh, in a relationship, a workplace. It may be something very concrete about a financial situation. But it also could well be that you know your mess, your situation starts because you're you're not right with the God who created you. That there's something right now going on in your heart that says, I'm not right. Because all that rebellion, all that pride, all that selfishness that we carry is in conflict with Jesus who's revealed to us and Jesus who lived with us. And there's a conflict there that needs to be resolved. And that resolution is coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I know you are the solution to my situation. Jesus, I know you are the living hope that I need. And I want us to respond and I just want us to, to pray into that this morning. there is a living hope for us to hold on to. And first of all, I just want to pray for, uh, for us generally. And then I'm going to do a more specific prayer for those who uh, perhaps need to respond for in, in, a, in a way which just brings them into that relationship with Jesus Christ. So just where you are, just close your eyes and just pause for a moment. If you've been taking notes, that's great. Just put your pens, your notebooks down. If you've been fiddling on your phone, just pop that down. Let's just take a moment. So this specifically is for those who are already believers in Jesus Christ. Father God, this Easter Sunday morning, we know that we still mess up, but you stand in our place. 
You lived life with us and you died for us. And somewhere in some situation, we've taken our eyes off that and forgotten that because of everything that you did, we have a living, vibrant hope in you. And Father God, this morning, we want to take hold of that hope again. May it lift us, lift our spirits, lift our eyes so that we see our Lord Jesus Christ as the risen Saviour. Go with us, I pray in Jesus' name. Reveal yourself to us. And now let me just pray for those who perhaps, for you this morning, this is the, this is the, this is the moment where your curiosity about Jesus, that actually through things I've said this morning, through what God is doing here this morning, you've, you've suddenly had your eyes open to the reality of Jesus Christ revealed to you, introduced to you. You've had your eyes open to the fact that Jesus lived here on earth and he lived just like you do and he's very aware of your situation and the importance of the fact that in order to deal with the separation between God and man, Jesus died for you. And he wants to bring you life this morning. And that invitation is open to each and every one of us. No one is exempt. No one is left out. So I just want to pray a prayer this morning that just in your, uh, that, that I want you to repeat. So you can do this, you don't have to do this out loud, but I want you to repeat it in your heart, in your mind, very specifically as a way of responding to God's call on your life this morning. Jesus, thank you that you revealed yourself to me. And thank you that right now you are shining a light on my life. Thank you that you are not far off and you are calling me today. Today I recognise that my sin, my rebellion is the problem. Today I recognise that Jesus dealt with my sin when he died on the cross in my place. And today I want to say I'm sorry for my sin. And I ask that you will give me new life. Change me and give me living hope. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If that was the first time you've prayed that prayer this morning, if that was your response to Jesus Christ, then come and talk to us. We'd love to know about that. You can speak to myself. You can speak to Sue, uh, James. You can speak to any of our leadership team. And we'd love just to have a, a conversation with you and explain more about what that means and just invite you to, to, to continue on a journey with Jesus so you learn more about him and he reveals more of himself to you. We're just going to come back to, uh, to worship now and just sing a final song as we finish this morning. Thanks, Sue.